When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Yannin's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. From the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. No wonder your show is number one. Hi. Welcome to ENN. On Tiwi. Ray Rowe. Let's say good evening to Michael. I think Mel's a good name. Let's say good evening to myself. However you want to play, don't miss your... Don't miss your chance. Wow. Yeah, I was a, you didn't hear that the other day? No, I, I didn't. I, does does the advertiser have to pay for that? However you want to play, don't miss your don't miss your chance. Wow. Yeah, that's that's called uh, Michael. When you're that's called punting. Mid sense yeah. when you realize it's just not working out. And but you that's just, not just a punt. That's a right guy. Yeah. That's a that's hang time. The whole deal. No, no you completely punt the hell out of the ball. Now. Let's get into a little, uh, you want to do a little point guard? Let's find out who had the best point. I'd say it has to be me. All right. Uh, give me that point guard intro over there, kids. Bang! Bang! The point guard. You have made no good points, Peter. You're so right, Michael. I think you made some salient points. Yeah, because you're an ass. These have to be stopped. It cannot go on like this. It just simply cannot go on like this. And it's hard to win. So you're four and a half games out. Imagine if you had Stanton the whole year and he didn't miss those, you know, close to two months with a muscle injury. You might not be four and a half games out. Imagine if Bader didn't start the season on the IL with the oblique pull. And it's not just the Yankees. The way everybody in the world is babied. And do you see a curb in injuries? Is there a curb? I don't see it. Where's the curb in injuries? All the the load management and then you look at the Atlanta Braves they don't rest any of their players and the only injury they had of significance was Acuna Jr. and he tore his knee up that's not a muscle injury when you continually get lower body muscle injuries or oblique pulls something's wrong wow look at you look at you getting point god today I really believe I earned it today Peter that's it's some of your best work yeah I agree now you did some work yesterday mm-hmm. you did a little K-Rod I uh, I was gonna tune in, and then I I went over and it was commercial, and then you lost me. You know the commercial I believe at most is two hours two two minutes and ten seconds. Two hours a long commercial. That's a long commercial, especially the way you read that previous one. From the K Rod, here's uh, Alex Rodriguez talking about both the Yankees and the Mets. 
You have the Braves, Houston, Dodgers, and they do it all. They do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And they have tremendous resources. See, if you have tremendous resources like the Yankees and the Mets, but you only go analytics, you let everybody else compete. When you're the Braves, lower payroll, greater team, because they use a little bit of everything. The complete package. And they're proactive in the way of thinking. They don't let Judge become a free agent. They don't let DJ LeMahieu become a free agent. They sign Acuna for $100 million when Acuna is a $400 million player. He makes a good point. Alex had a lot of things to say yesterday. And he is he is really, really critical of the Yankees. Well, good. Yeah, I don't think that he and, and, and Cashman are going to be in the same Christmas party. Well, because he, he feels the way a lot of fans do? I mean, but he's I mean, he's just taking roundhouse rights at him. And, and the one thing I disagree with Alex, because he's brought this up over the two years we've done K-Rod, they should have signed Judge before he became a free agent. And I think the thing, the reason they didn't do that is he had been hurt. So you don't know if he's going to be that player the whole time. Now, the last two years before this, been relatively healthy. So then he puts up 62 home runs. Obviously, it costs you more money. But the Yankees tried that, signing somebody early with Severino. It's been an abysmal contract. Mm. And then Hicks, they're, they're, playing, they're paying Hicks final three seasons to play for the Orioles. So that failed, too. So the Yankees probably a little gun shy. But the Yankees are like, they're, do you know what they are, Michael? They're half pregnant. That's what they are. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they have, they have a ton of money. But they don't spend the most money. They spend the second most money, right? Well, okay. I mean, what the Mets spent was irresponsible. Everybody, I oh, mean, Steve Cohen would tell you that. And it didn't, and it didn't work out well. I, I just, maybe half pregnant's the wrong word. They just like, they're so committed to a certain way of being, this analytical style. And what we've seen from other teams that have worked, it's worked out with Michael, is that just going with that does not work. But I would push back. Well, okay. On, on one thing. Go ahead. There's no bigger analytic team that was built totally on the back of analytics than the Houston Astros. Now, maybe their analytics are better, but to knock analytics. Now, once Dusty became manager, then it became a little bit more feel. But AJ Hinch was, you know, he followed he followed the script. Well, then I mean, a lot of these teams that were built, the Orioles are built by the guy who helped build the Astros. They're a totally analytic team. Then maybe they're just better at it. Well, I mean, that's a question that you could throw out there, but you just don't eliminate analytics. I, didn't, I don't mean that. I think that. a good mix of analytics and feel works, and that's what Alex is But there, But there's also stubbornness. There, there, there seems like, Michael, no willingness to make real changes. Well, if you want a, um, a, con, uh, a, a column that really, really pieces this together, you got to read Joel. you got to read Joel's uh, column on Sunday. I mean, he really... He picks apart that the Yankees, as you said, that, that they're really stubborn. That they feel it's like card counting. That if you stay and you keep counting cards enough, you're going to end up winning. And there's going to be some times where you lose some money, but if you continue to count cards, you will win. And they did not tighten up the things that they needed to tighten up. They didn't tighten up defense. They didn't get left-handed power. They just felt that if we hit the most home runs, like counting cards, we're going to end up winning 95 games and get into the postseason. We talked about this a lot on the show. The Orioles uh, have a young announcer named Kevin Brown, and he was he's on Masson in 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 the DC Baltimore DC Baltimore area where he does the Orioles games. And here is what he said on Masson 
during an Orioles broadcast that has led to him reportedly getting suspended by the Orioles. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Now, supposedly he it's being reported that he was suspended. Now, according to Awful Announcing, though, they said earlier that a senior Oriole official communicated, quote, we don't comment on personnel matters, and we look forward to hearing Kevin's voice soon. Additionally, they dispute the reporting that any suspension took place. Well, John Oren of Sports Business Journal confirms it. Andrew Marchand confirmed it. So if those two guys confirmed it and Awful Announcing ran with it, it's true. And if it is true, and I, I'm going to choose to believe it's true, they should be ashamed of themselves because not only was what Kevin said in the Oriole notes that night, but it was on a graphic, which means that it was planned. So if you're going to be so thin-skinned to suspend Kevin Brown, then you have to suspend the entire Oriole truck, the producer, director, graphics. You have to suspend all of them because they're all complicit in this. And... If John Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, didn't like that, then he's thin-skinned, he's unreasonable, and he should actually get a call from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, because it's unconscionable that you would actually suspend a really good broadcaster for no reason whatsoever. He didn't do anything wrong. And you know that music that starts playing in the cut that you played, Peter? Yeah. That means a graphic has come up. So the graphic had already been printed out, and you said this earlier— This is not how it works. Kevin Brown doesn't say it, and somebody who's running graphics in the truck could put together a graphic in two seconds. That's that's put together an hour before that happens. And you're going to suspend this guy for saying that, which wasn't even negative. Again, then everybody in the Oriole PR department has to be suspended. It was in their notes. That very thing was in their notes. This makes the Orioles look so small and insignificant and minor league. And, of course, they don't comment on personnel matters. And they didn't say they fired the guy. They suspended him. But can you imagine how that guy must feel? He has to keep his mouth shut. He can't criticize the Orioles because then he'll get fired. So, of course, we look forward to Kevin coming back. But you embarrassed the guy for no reason. And, most importantly, you embarrassed yourself. What you did is disgraceful to the business. Disgraceful. Fans of teams should be lucky when their announcers are allowed to be critical. And that wasn't even critical, Peter. I believe that that was complimentary of the Orioles. It's so crazy. It's such a small look. Oh, small man. Who does that? The things that that I have said on this show and on Yes, and the things that Gary Cohen has said on SNY... And we've never been suspended by the owner of each team. 
And then the Orioles, who stunk for five years. They were an embarrassment. They finally have a team to be proud of. And you take away from the glory of what this team is is actually accomplishing after a five-year period of ineptitude. And you take away from it by suspending this guy. All of a sudden, we're not talking about the Orioles being great and all their young players and Jackson Holiday, the best prospect in all of baseball, ready to come up. You're talking about a stupid suspension of a really fine broadcaster. They should be embarrassed. I'm they embarrassed. Should apologize. I'm embarrassed. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You want to go back to, let's go something positive. Let's go back to Saturday, shall we? A place called Canton, Ohio. Familiar? Yeah. You want to hear from Joe Klecko during his uh, Hall of Fame speech? Love to hear from Kleck. Yeah, I wish I could play today. Not so much for the competition, but for the money. In 1986, I was the highest paid defensive lineman in the league. I made $700,000. Today, Aaron Donald is the highest paid defensive lineman. He makes 31 million point seven. My entire salary was his point seven. I asked him to send me some, but that didn't work either. That is really funny that the point seven is all he made. There was a funnier way for him to execute the end of the joke. But hey, listen, he's not David Letterman. Now, he's can, football I, can I tell you something? And you're not, is, this is going to be popular because we love Joe. Oh, please go ahead. Uh, that, that, that shouldn't have been in the speech. Why? We, we know that today's players make more money than well, what's, well, what's wrong with uh, goofing well, well, about why? it? Why? Well, why take away from the day celebrating your greatness and the fact that you were underpaid? But, that's, that's, but that's, that speaks to what I was just saying. To me, it's not that he said it. The delivery wasn't funny enough. You needed to make it, like, funny. And uh, Kleck is a very sweet man. I, I don't know that he, like, at least performing comedically may not be his bag. I think that could have been really funny. I think because there's not a big laugh there, it sounds like it's kind of serious. Yeah, because it landed flat. It didn't land. But I don't think it had to be left out. I just think no, it had no, to be delivered. No, but I, I wonder, you know, I, I guess I heard that they have 10 minutes to give the speech. You're going to waste 30 seconds on that? Who cares? I mean, easy for you to say. And by the way, when Joe Klecko made 700000 that was a lot of money for a player to make. It it wasn't... I mean, yes, and if invested properly, it was... You know, you could do a lot with that for your family. But it's but even then, $700,000 is not it, it can't be equivalent to $31 million now. Oh, okay, so... When Reggie Jackson went into the Hall of Fame, remember when he signed that contract with the Yankees? It was five years, $3 million. We couldn't believe it. So he got $600,000 a year. So when he went into the Hall of Fame, he could say, well, Alex Rodriguez making $26 million. I only made $600,000. I mean, it's it's irrelevant. We know. You know, you used to get into Yankee Stadium for $1.50. That's not the case anymore. You used to get into a movie for a buck. That's not the case anymore. But it's not apples to apples. Like what? What do you think? You know, what, what do you think seven hundred thousand is equivalent to right now? Um, I'm not good at this, but uh, this probably is probably like five million. 
So even even said, it's not close, right? Like it's yeah, but just, then if you if you then do a deep dive into what each team made from television contracts, I mean it, it's just exploding because as we said at the start of the show, they got six point three million people to watch a trash game, the Hall of Fame game, the Jets and the uh, the Browns. That's that's better than N- NBA playoff games. So. They're printing money at the NFL. I'm being, of course, I'm being, they give it away. They have to. They have to pay the players fifty percent of their. their well, I understand. You're, you're you're saying all the things that make it make sense, but the, okay. Well, I'm being told by our friends at Yes that seven hundred thousand is the equivalent to two million now. Okay, which is still a fifteenth or whatever it is uh, of the of what Aaron Donald's making. Yep. So no matter how you cut it. If you're Joe Klecko, you're a foundational piece of this team, and he's not the only one. He's just one example. I mean, there's so many others who, of course, probably have nothing to show for their NFL career. You understand why it's part of their thought. Oh, my God, I was a part of the wealthiest, most obscene sort of um, economic, uh, just a sport that garners so much money, and I was a foundational part of it and didn't make it. Yeah, I see how it's interesting and part of your story. I just think it could have been done funnier. That's all. Yeah, that's where we disagree. I don't think if if I'm talking about my career and my accomplishments, I'm not even mentioning that. I mean, if, if I get interviewed for a newspaper story, maybe I I could mention, it, but that's that's forever in the record of your speech in the Hall of Fame. I just I don't think it fits. I, and mean, I love it, Joe Klecko. It's not, but he wasn't Michael Jordan. No, no, and Michael and Michael Jordan should have been celebrating the greatest career of all time, and instead he came off as bitter. Let's hear from Darrell Revis. See how he did. I didn't get the chance to play with this guy named Deion Sanders, but he was a prototype for me. What Jordan is to Kobe is prime to Revis Island. You came first, and I wanted to play just like you. You were the roadmap to greatness. Paving the way. Uh, more from Jarrell. Rex Ryan called me the best corner in football, and I haven't even met him yet. Needless to say, the expectations were high. After our first meeting, I was convinced I'd play my heart out for him. He was crafting a winning culture and told me that he was confident that I was a guy to set the tone for the rest of the team. Rex, thank you for seeing something special in me and motivating me to live up to, to that potential. Thank you. Rex loved himself some Durrell. Well, how would you not? He built his defense around him. Now, as for the modern-day Jet situation, a lot of people wondering, what's, what's the deal with Dalvin Cook? Jeff Darlington. The Jets didn't necessarily tell him that he would be any kind of primary back for the team, nor did they get to the point where the money was exactly what Dalvin Cook was looking for. So there is no imminent signing with Dalvin Cook and the Jets. The Dolphins, meanwhile, sit sort of waiting in the wings as well, speaking to sources with them. I sense there is still a spot for Dalvin Cook should he desire it. But again, the money, not necessarily what Cook is looking for. So perhaps he can wait for a training camp injury for a team that suddenly has an urgency and a wallet to suffice, but ultimately right now it still feels like the Jets and the Dolphins are the two suitors, even though they don't have the money uh, necessarily on the table for Cook that he's desiring. I would tell Dalvin Cook, Peter, all right, this is the offer. You have 24 hours to accept it, otherwise you're out. Because I think he's playing both teams against each other. So once one drops out, then his leverage is gone. That's why I say when he was at Jet Camp, you don't let him out of the building. You either sign him or once he leaves, that's it, he's done. Little update on the Kevin Brown stuff. Britt Giroli in the Athletic uh, writes that um, by pointing out Baltimore's poor record at Tampa in recent years, 
The Orioles, quote, believed it made them sound cheap. You know why? They were. They were cheap. They didn't spend a dime on the team. But who cares? It, it yeah, because now's the time to be celebrating. This team's going to be really good for the next five years and by, by the until way, they have to pay them. Uh, and, and by the way, it's not even the end. They have more prospects behind them. They have Jackson Holiday, who is the best prospect in all of baseball. So, I mean, who cares? They, this, you're right. This is the time, Michael, to instead of fight against it, own that you were cheap, but hey, look how it's working out. Right. Lame. Daniel Jones caught up with Sal Pal on SportsCenter. Let's hear from the giant QB. He's in a tough spot, you know, with the Tom contract Saquon. stuff. I think it says a lot about him, for him to be here for this team. He means a ton to us on the field, obviously, with his playmaking, and then in the locker room as a leader, just his ability to influence guys, to impact guys, and kind of bring everybody up with him. Can I say something? Please. This isn't founded, and this doesn't make sense, and it's negative, and I apologize. That's not your way. That's my way. Something about... This is totally ridiculous. It's just me. It's only me. I'm just a human being. I can only tell you how I feel inside. Maybe people will go, oh my God, I totally get it. Maybe people will say, you're a hater. What's wrong with you? How much he sounds like Eli annoys me. Like, I hate it. Like, it sounds like a weird... It's like, are you... By the way, I'm sure... I know it's completely not intentional. I'm sure it's just... It's just who he is. But it's like almost freakish. His inflection is so similar. I mean, Michael, over the years, the amount of Eli clips that were played on this show... It's like it's a weird retread of another human being. I, I can't even believe it sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and not only does he have the same inflection, but Eli always felt that when he was talking, even now, that he's got a lot of saliva in his mouth. And this is the exact same uh, thing that that he does here. Yeah, it's not even, you're right, it's not even just inflection. It's like the way he uses his mouth to talk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of spooky. So let's hope he gets two Super Bowl championships. Anthony, you're a Giant fan. Do you hear it like as much as I do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he sounds just like him. It's unbelievable. Does it annoy me? No, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, I hear that. That's totally reasonable also. But no, I could see if it was annoying. I just find it annoying. You know, Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants for NJ.com, actually gave us credit, and, and, and he asked um, him exactly the same question I asked Eli about being elite. And he, he kind of answered like Eli. Eli said he's straight out elite. But, you know, he said, I really believe in myself, you know, uh, uh, and, and he kind of came out and said, I'm really, really good. But he said it just like Eli. God, I'm watching another replay of the Anderson knockout. Uh, I'm going to say something that's a little extreme. I really hope that he doesn't allow this to become a, a super defining thing for him and go like on, on any sort of downward trajectory because of it. Well, he has not played well this year. So he hasn't played well this year. He reportedly had another incident in his own clubhouse that we heard about. With the Osmani Grandal. With the Osmani Grandal, where he got slapped by him. That's now being reported. How bad this knockout was and how much people are talking about it, I just really hope that he has a good team support system, family-wise, and people around him so he can like pick himself back up and not allow this to sort of end up being his legacy well, the worst thing that happened in this is not so much that he got knocked out which is unfortunate you know he'll get over that but this is a guy who's really proud of his credibility uh back home and in the street and stuff like that i mean that 
destroys his street credibility. It, it destroys it. And I don't know. I don't know if you can recover from that. But but, but, that's but what why you build but, your whole like the truth you know, is, brand on? But the truth is, tough guys do get knocked out because they're willing to fight. The kind of guys who are willing to fight for better or for worse. I whatever. I I'm not a big fan of people who want to fight, but people who fight occasionally get knocked out, whether they're tough or not. Yeah, but when you, you can't control your jaw. Your jaw no, is but, what but, your but jaw. When is. you get into a boxing stance, as if you're you know you're really good at this and. And then you get laid out like that. No, it, good it, look. it doesn't play well, but it doesn't mean you're not tough either. Yeah, but that's how some people will read it. No, I, I totally agree. I'm just saying those people are wrong. What makes you tough is, the truth is what makes him tough is coming out and, and, and just playing with his head up and playing well now. Like, you just got to keep going. I mean, Joe Frazier is one of the the greatest boxers of all time. He got knocked out six times. In one, that, that, that's where down goes Frazier comes from, by George Foreman. Doesn't make him less of a tough guy but again this now supplants the Bautista Odor thing it's just it was uh, it didn't even to me didn't even look like a great punch no like I mean falling back and it hit him it was you know, timing with the heel of the hand yeah it was everything it, it was everything let's uh let's close out uh, you remember when Tyree Kill and Eli Apple had their little kerfuffle yeah. And Tyree Kill gave a wave bye-bye as he ran by Eli Apple? Sure. Well, Eli Apple's now headed to Miami. Let's hear from Tyree Kill. You know, Eli, he's a great guy. You know, I know he had some battles, but at the end of the day, man, like we all trying to win. We all trying to get better. You know, and now, my, my looking from is now I get to advance. I don't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> now, let me ask you, Peter. Was was the microphone on the moon? Yeah, I, I don't understand. Was un- it picked I, up I, by satellite or what? I don't know. Does anybody, Anthony, were you able to understand what he was saying there? I mean, the fact that you played that on ENN should be of your duties. I, I'm not going to say who's to blame for this, but. I'll take the hit on for sure. Could you hear what he was saying, though? I, I'm I could. Old. I could, but it, it, it wasn't the greatest sound quality. I will give you that. So go ahead and give us a synopsis of what was said there. He has no idea. Now he's trying to figure it out. He doesn't remember, and he can't. He knew he couldn't understand. Sad. <laughs> well, essentially, he's he he acknowledged that he was he acknowledged that he clowned Eli Apple in the past, and he's looking forward to burn him in practice now as teammates. Oh, okay, good. All right. Well, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's putting a little. We bit might of see his, a fight, is what we. I'm glad he's putting a little bit of his money where his mouth is. That will do it for E N N on this a Monday evening. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.